This is the Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. I'm your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined as always by professional sports better Dave Essler. You want to check us out on Twitter, you can get me at Rowdy underscore Razor. Dave is at Dave underscore Essler. You want to find some of Dave's work, it's at pregame.com. Dave, we're back for week three, Major League Baseball season. Also going to incorporate a little bit of NBA and maybe some other sports too. Maybe some golf, maybe some NFL draft, whatever we get into here. Third week of Major League Baseball season. For me, I feel like the first two months of Major League Baseball season are like treading water. Like you're trying to figure out what these teams are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's two months for me, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I it's funny. I started off really well. I think I won my first 15 bets in, the, in, in baseball. And then I got a little bit overly cautious, you know, and made started making mistakes. And when I made those 15 bets, they were they were the smallest bets I make. And, you know, in hindsight, I wish they were the biggest bets I make. But, you know, that's something that'll mess with your head every day if you let it. So, yeah, I look at it more as like, you know, three seasons where you kind of got now where everybody has hope and optimism and, you know, then you got after the all-star break when we got entirely new teams after the trade deadline. Uh, and then you got who cares and who doesn't for about six weeks. So, yeah, I mean, that's the problem with baseball is once you get it figured out, they change it. Because I'm sure a lot of people early in the season were probably like, oh, the Dodgers are going to be great and just throw huge money line bets on the Dodgers. Well, they're 500 and you've lost a lot of money. Then on the flip side, you got the Pirates who are in second place in the Central and them and the Cubs are going back and forth. And if you put money line bets on the Pirates every day, man, you'd be uh, making out pretty well so far. Yeah, actually, you know, you know, generally the teams that are not doing well, I mean, well, the Dodgers, if you bet on the Dodgers every game right now, you'd be down six units. Um, if, you know, if you bet on the Astros, they are actually the worst team against the spread or, or with the money line. They're, they're down almost eight units. And, you know, that happens um, typically, you know, and then you got the other end. You're right. The Pirates, you'd be up six units. Because if you bet on the Rays um, every day at 14 and 2, you'd be up almost 12 units. But eventually that's going to have to regress when they're charging so much for Tampa Bay. And it'll only take a couple of losses to wipe out half your bankroll. So, yeah, teams like Arizona that nobody expected, Minnesota, those are teams that are all profitable right now. And you just got to figure out which one of those is real and which one of them is sort of doing it with mirrors so looking at the first game we're going to break down it's a 605 central time first pitch and i want to mention as always this is a monday recording but we're looking at the tuesday slate of games so this will actually be a game between the los angeles angels at the new york yankees on april 18th which is a tuesday so yeah first pitch 605 central time we have the angels taking on the yankees you have Jose Suarez on the mound for the Angels, and you have Caleb Schmidt on the mound for the Yankees. I looked at this game, Dave, and when you look at the starters and their numbers, you instantly wanted to go over, especially playing at Yankee Stadium. And I know that the wind is also supposed to be blowing out according to the forecast, but who knows if that'll be 100% accurate by tomorrow night. But I started digging into these numbers, and... Both these guys really haven't been seen by the other team, not a whole lot. And Suarez is better on the road than he has been at home in his in his career. You know what? Neither of these teams for the offense and some of the names on the rosters 
they have not hit the baseball very well or scored a ton of runs. This totals at nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, that's kind of one reason I wanted to look at this game, Nelson. I mean, for me, it was the whole sort of Aaron Judge, Otani intrigue, which is, you know, that have been leaving out Trout and Stanton. So, you know, I looked at it and, and you know, I don't trust Suarez. I mean, to me, it looks like he's about to be the sacrificial lamb at first glance. And, you know, the downside of that is the Angels are playing right now in the annual sort of 11 a.m. Red Sox game right before the Boston Marathon. And interestingly enough, as I suspected, they rested Trout on Monday. So he'll be ready to go tomorrow, uh, which makes me sort of want to lean that uh, direction. But, you know, what, what, you know, the Yankees, you know, they're watching the marathon because they got the day off. And that does mean a rested pen. But, you know, I think their pen's kind of finally fallen into form anyway. Um, you know, Schmidt also looks like he's in a position really to be taken to the woodshed as well. So, you know, I looked at Tuesday's weather as well. Um, you know, and I stopped right there, you know, just screw the bullpens. I'm going to bet the first five over. Um, I don't know what it is yet. If it's nine and a half, it'll probably be five and a half. Um, if I can get a five, four, sure. Um, but this is one of those that I think maybe what you see is what you get. I mean, I could be wrong and the familiarity could, could just bite me in the ass, but you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to overlook it. I'm going to bet the first five over. See, I'm glad you had a, an opinion on this game because I looked at everything and it was like, well, some of the data likes the over, some would like the under, some might like the Angels at plus money. Yankees, like you said, they might be kind of due here. And with Suarez, maybe maybe it will we'll wake up the Aaron Judges of the world and some of their sluggers. I really couldn't come up with a concrete, for a matter of fact, I'm going to go with this. I was all over the board on this one. Yeah, I mean, it was easy to do, and I think that's why I just defaulted because, you know, sometimes you just try to outthink the room, and I'm like, well, you know, I can't say with a certainty it'll be a high-scoring game, but the probabilities that it is is are are more than 52.38%, which is minus 110, so that would be a bet. You know, I think you have a little bit of an edge there. You know, again, the edge would be calculated by, you know, is it five, is it five and a half, is it six? I don't think it would be six, but... Um, yeah, I think I think this is one of those that ultimately I had to just, you know, I think it'll it'll bring out the juices in both of them. I think it might it might spark some offense. And I think one of the things that, that we were mentioning when we looked at the forecast with the wind, it's supposed to be 10, 11 mile an hour winds blowing out at Yankee Stadium, which we all know Yankee Stadium's not a huge ballpark. And you mentioned the big sluggers on both teams. I guess if you're all over the board. If you're going to lean one way, I guess, with the wind, you might want to lean towards the over, and you're taking the over in the first five innings. Yeah, I mean, that's what I got to do because, you know, I mean, the Angels' bullpen is probably going to get a little bit of a rest today because they got a, a decent lead on Boston, and, and the Yankees' bullpen, the Yankees don't play today. So, you know, there's that would, there's just too many variables there. So let's go with what we know rather than, you know, try to predict the almost unpredictable. All right, so Dave's got a lean with the first five over between the Yankees and the Angels. I really had no specific lean in this game, just like uh, talking it through with Dave. Second matchup that we have for Tuesday, it's a 6.45 Central Time first pitch between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the St. Louis Cardinals on the mound for the Diamondbacks. You have Dre Jamison on the mound for the Cardinals. You have Jordan Montgomery. I looked at this game, Dave, and it was kind of a lot of the same. I ended up leaning with the under eight 
The reason I got to the under here, both of these bullpens have been all right, nothing to write home about, not terrible. And both of these starting pitchers really haven't been seen by the opposing team. Dre Jameson, he came up last year, and this this kid has some good stuff. He's pitched against the Dodgers, the Padres, the Brewers in his career, and he hasn't given up a ton of runs. And the fact that the Cardinals haven't seen him, the Cardinals offense has struggled for the big names that are on it. And then on the flip side, Jordan Montgomery, really good at home. He hasn't really seen the Diamondbacks. And this Diamondbacks team, it's not that they're scoring a ton of runs. It's that the pitching staff has been so good. So I ended up leaning with the under. Yeah, I mean, this was a tough one. I mean, I pick ones that I think are going to be difficult on purpose. Um, and, you know, when I look at this, I first wondered if Arizona might be getting a little tired, like physically, mentally. I mean, they got all excited about beating both the Dodgers and Brewers in their last, you know, two out of three series. And then they go down to Miami and lose. Two out of three. Now, you know, Miami, I think, is better than people think. But, you know, all of this stuff is with no days off. So, you know, I think what they're doing is they're doing it with smoke and mirrors, given how poorly their pen has been lately. They started off really well, which almost that almost takes me immediately off Arizona, unless they have plans to let Jamison pitch five innings. And I don't think they do. Uh, so with the way the Snakes pen been over the last week, you know, I have to think the Cardinals score plenty. You know, maybe not early, but eventually. Um, you know, as for the cards, I think Montgomery's actually understated here. I mean, the Pirates hit him last outing, but not badly. And you know, he shut down the Brewers for seven innings. And his first start, if you want to look back, was against Toronto. And of course, that's out in a division he just came from. So, you know, obviously they know what he's doing. So I think we got an underpriced pitcher who happens to be left-handed and happens to be facing a team that struggles to hit left-handers. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Cardinals on the run line, even though they don't get that night that bad if they're only add by one. But that's just a math problem for me. Um, I think the Cardinals win this game fairly handily because I think Arizona is about to uh, stumble and fall. We'll see. But that's sort of what I'm, I'm I'm leery of that. I think they may be a little overvalued. Now, you said that's a math problem because normally you probably wouldn't tell the standard better to take the run line on a home team because they could potentially not get nine at bats if they're leading going into the ninth inning. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it happened. I saw somebody take the break. Uh, well, I, I don't know. That was, that was wrong there. Uh, I mean, it happens all the time when teams get, even, even when teams get ahead five to one or six to one late in the, late in the game, they'll put in their double A or triple A relievers to sort of eat up a few innings and, you know, end up winning five to four, six to five, or, you know, if it's a low scoring game, you know, it goes in extra innings. That used to be okay, but now you got to win by two. So there's just way too many variables. So yeah, I try not to, uh, you know, they're going to get 80% of a hundred percent of at bats. So, you know, you, you really, I can't stress enough how many, I mean, what is it around 28% of all baseball games are one run games. So you're really flirting with danger there. And, but I guess this is one time I'll do it. I mean, it's not like the home team never wins by two, uh, but I just see Arizona having a real hard time scoring. And as I talk it through, maybe the uh, the Diamondbacks team total under as well. So that's where I'm at. So I'm going to lean with the under in the Arizona-St. Louis game, under of eight. And Dave leads with the St. Louis Cardinals on the run line. Looking at our third game, this was the first game, Dave, where I actually had a stronger opinion. Our third game, it's actually going to be an 840 Central Time first pitch between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Seattle Mariners. Now on the hill for the Brewers, it's Colin Ray. 
And then on the mound for the Seattle Mariners, it's actually going to be Logan Gilbert. I looked at this game right away, Dave, and Colin Ray seems to be on borrowed time for me. Colin Ray is kind of a, I like to call him a quadruple A pitcher. He can look pretty good in triple A. He gets called up to the big leagues in, you know, small increments of time, has some success here. And then the next night he's getting rocked. But the other part of this for me was I look at the Brewers starting pitching I look at the Brewers' bullpen, and it's been really, really good. The injuries are starting to stack up. They got bad news on Woodruff. That's why Colin Ray is now in the rotation. They had another one of their relievers that's pitched pretty well, Gus Varland. He's now on the IL after a comebacker came back, hit him in the face and arm. I almost feel like the Brewers' bullpen is starting to become on borrowed time. And I don't believe in Colin Ray. But then on the flip side, Logan Gilbert's a young kid for the Mariners. He's been pretty good pretty serviceable in his career and the Mariners offense is sitting there kind of middle of the road but you know it's got the potential to wake up I actually for my first pick that I really had some substance with I was looking at the Seattle Mariners in the first five innings on the run line yeah I was looking there too I mean I knew you'd have an opinion on the Brewers so you know I didn't I wasn't gonna throw out anything concrete because you might write it down my throat but you know Seattle's a tough team to figure you look at it, and they have great expectations coming into the season. They start out losing. Like, now they're a 500 team after they won four straight coming into the series, which starts Monday. Um, but but by the same token, I'm always leery to bet against Gilbert, especially in a first five bet where I can take the Mariners' pen out. I mean, it's not awful, but I think it's like their entire team is to me, which is, you know, which one are you right now? Uh, and, and that first five bet is simply confirmed when I take out the, the recent woes the Milwaukee Pens had to endure, you know, they've been good all year, but lately, maybe not so much. I, you know, so I don't want to bet against Ray. So it was really simple for me. I mean, I throw out both bullpens, add in a lack of exposure, add in the pitcher's park big time. And we bet all of our shares in the Green Bay Packers on the under. I'm glad you brought in the ballpark because I think that's one thing that people don't think about are the differences in ballparks. I know we talked about Yankee stadium being smaller. We know that Cincinnati great American ballpark, that's a tiny ballpark. Even American Family Field for the Brewers is a smaller ballpark. But when you get out there with like the Comericas of the world in Detroit or the Miamis, even Seattle, these are bigger ballparks where it might be harder to score runs because you're not necessarily hitting five home runs a night there. Yeah, and the other thing in, in Seattle, for example, and there's a few teams that fit this, uh, you know, Houston being another one, Arizona at times, is the roof. I mean – you probably see that in Milwaukee. I mean, the ball flies further when the roof is open. I mean, that's just a fact. It's hard to bet it over with the roof closed, especially in Seattle. Uh, and, and with the roof being open, it almost doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing. It, it matters. Obviously, it matters. But, you know, it's kind of probably swirling depending on the stadium and whatnot uh, down in the little bowl there. So, uh, but, yeah, roof open, uh, you know, that that will be like, you know, in Arizona, like, from the summertime on, they're never open because it's 110 degrees. But in the spring, where it might be 85, and to them, that's balmy. So they might and, and they might leave the, the roof open. Same thing in Miami. You know, they'll get to a point where that's never open. Uh, but until then, you might be able to take advantage of, obviously, Seattle being kind of a, you know, cooler, chillier, dry, uh, wetter climate. You know, if it's, the roof is more likely to be closed, which is more likely to stay under. Uh, and if it's not, because they're pretty hardy up there. If they open it when it's, you know, 60 and a little chilly, I still might like the under. But, yeah, 
Parts is a big deal, and there are some websites where you can get pretty specific information. So for the Milwaukee-Seattle game, I'm looking at the Seattle Mariners in the first five on the run line, minus half a run. And Dave, your lean would be for this game, the under? Correct. Dave is going to lean on the under. Looking at our fourth game here, we got the Atlanta Braves taking on the San Diego Padres. Now, this is a, a pretty big name game. When it comes to the starting pitching, you got Spencer Strider on the mound for the Braves and you got Blake Schnell, the left-hander on the mound for the Padres. Dave, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, the Braves offense isn't getting it done lately and and people still bet on them like it is. I mean, I, I've seen it even with, uh, well, I won't, I'll, I'll hold my breath, but people that should know better. But, you know, right now, once you get past Akuna Olsen and Riley at the top of that lineup, they're missing Michael Harris and Travis Darno, uh, and yet they're still 12-4. and four. Uh, you know, it's their pitching. The pen's been solid. Uh, they actually have like three number one legit starters, uh, but they've also just played the Reds and the Royals. So, you know, the Padres are a step up no matter how they're playing. And so, you know, I'm not sure what we're getting from Snell. I mean, I don't think we're going to get more than five innings. And I think Atlanta has a clear back end advantage. You know, I, I could be convinced to take the Padres first five, but there's that whole travel thing. I mean, you know, Strider did give up a couple of runs recently, but it looks to me based on his you know, hits and walks and peripherals that he was victimized a bit. So I would I would leave Atlanta here, and, and what I would call that is the safer bet of the two. Yeah, so when I was looking at this game, Dave, uh, I actually thought of you and one of the podcasts we did earlier this year talking about pitchers and uh, teams matching up for the second time in a short period of time during the season. This is a rematch between starting pitchers and teams from about 10 days ago. And both guys, they got hit a little bit, but it wasn't great. I think uh, Spencer Strider went five innings, gave up three. Blake Schnell got hit harder than that. Game ended up going over with a total of like 10 runs. I didn't want to instantly jump on the under, though, because you look at the two teams. I believe Spencer Strider will probably have a better day than he did round one. But I don't believe in Blake Schnell. He's a lefty. The, the Braves have absolutely crushed left-handed pitching, not only this year, but last year. I know you mentioned some of the guys out, but some of the guys that are still there, they still crush left-handers. And then it's just the fact that Blake Schnell isn't the same Blake Schnell that used to pitch for the Tampa Bay Rays. And then you mentioned both bullpens. You have a clear advantage with the Braves. I'm not 100% sold yet on the Padres bullpen. I actually went out on a limb here, and at plus money, I, I was willing to take the Braves on the run line, and you're getting plus 125 here on that. I feel like the Braves should be – I'm more confident in Strider bouncing back and having the better bullpen than I am in Blake Schnell and the Padres' bullpen. Yeah, I am too. Um, you know, yeah, I am Larry, but, you know, it, it's a matter of trust. And when Snell misses, uh, he misses up, and he can be a home run pitcher. I think that he's one of those guys that sort of made his – money, if you will, because he's getting paid now uh, in Tampa Bay when he was, you know, on a rookie's contract and whatnot, uh, because Tampa Bay is a huge pitcher's park, and there's a lot of guys around the league like that, so you know, I mean, the Padres, it, uh, Petco is not necessarily a hitter's park, um, but it is at least outdoors, and, you know, he hasn't really shown signs of being able to shut anyone down. You know, I go back to, yeah, I'm leery of Atlanta missing Harrison Darno, uh, but when I said it's the safer bet, it's the safer bet. I mean, 
you know, who's going to make the adjustments better? I mean, I don't think it, I have to lean to the under a little bit because I think I think that the the Braves will make adjustments. I think I think Snell will make adjustments, and and you know, Strider really doesn't have to. He's probably going to strike out nine and seven innings anyway. So you know, it's it's probably going to come down to the bullpens. So I actually lean to the under a little bit in that game. So for the Braves Padres game, Dave's going to lean to the under, and currently the total is at seven and a half and he's going to lean on the safer bet with the Braves money line. I was willing to go a little bit further out there and take the Braves on the run line minus one and a half to get the plus money. So we'll see what happens in that game. Now for our final uh, baseball game for the Tuesday night slate, got to go to the late night, 9-10 first pitch central time. It's going to be between the New York Mets and the Los Angeles Dodgers on the hill for the Mets. We have Tyler Negill. Because it is Ty Lore. You know, they made that huge, uh, big correction on uh, MLB Network. And then we have Clayton Kershaw. Everyone knows who Clayton Kershaw is. Dave, I'm I'm curious on your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, this was another interesting one. I mean, you know, the Dodgers just scored six runs uh, in three games at home against the Cubs. Uh, and it was 2-2-2. Two, two and two. Uh, So at least they've been consistent. So, you know, they're not hitting. Uh, and the L.A. bullpen has literally been abysmal in the last week. So all I think they have going for him here is the name on the back of Kershaw's jersey. And he's not as unhittable as he once was. Uh, and he's not going to go more than six innings. So Dodgers full game bets uh, would have to rely on the aforementioned Dodgers bullpen, which is just not an option for me. Um, you know, batting, batting the Dodgers would be basically uh, taking them first five, and 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 betting that Kershaw can shut down the Mets for five innings, so that would be maybe a little dicey. I mean, the Mets have Mets have been a little less potent against lefties, so that may be the doable bet. Uh, McGill's more than capable, and of course, nobody on the Dodgers has seen him a whole lot, which actually makes this an easy one. I'm going to bet the first five under, uh, and and what I'm going to look to do is get a Mets game uh, in-game bet and fade the Dodgers bullpen, for example. You know, if the Mets are down, I, I, an ideal scenario, I like the first five under, you know, it's 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 2-1, 3-1 Dodgers after five. And uh, at that point, I, I could get the Mets at a great price. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Dodgers bullpen gave it right back. So I got two angles that I'm looking at for that one. Um, one, the in-game bet, you know, if it's materializes, great. If it's not, well, you know, I was at least Johnny on the spot if, the circumstances fell my way. Yeah, I had a couple of leans in this game. Uh, nothing crazy, but I also looked at that first five under as well, just because Clayton Kershaw is a lefty. We know what he is, but so does the Mets. But they haven't seen him a ton, and they don't hit lefties the greatest. And then on the flip side, the Dodgers haven't really seen Miguel, and they haven't been hitting the ball at all, kind of like you also mentioned. So I did also lean to the first five under and then I had a couple of leans and it was, do you want to be more liberal or do you want to be more conservative? If you want to be more conservative, I was thinking, hey, you know, the Mets on the run line here isn't a bad idea since they do clearly have an advantage in the bullpen. Because like you said, the Dodgers bullpen has been bad this year. Or if you wanted to maybe risk it for some plus money, you could just take the uh, the Mets here for the full game on the money line because you know that Kershaw, they don't let him push it anymore especially since he's been getting up there. We know Dave Roberts will take him out early. 
maybe that bullpen's going to have to pitch three, four innings. You're going to get some plus money for the team that'll probably still be in it, lower scoring game. Uh, that's more of your uh, liberal bet there. I like the liberal bet. I mean, I don't, I don't always like the liberal bets, but I like this liberal bet. I mean, it's just one of those games that, you know, I go through these almost as a process of elimination. You know, it's it's wrong to kind of look at a game and go, okay, I like the Dodgers. So now I'm going to build my case for the Dodgers because you can make, you know, what's that saying? You know, figures lie and liars figure. You know, I can make any case for either team if I want to. So if I go into it sort of predisposed with the opinion of I'm going to bet on the Dodgers, I'm going to overlook things. I'm going to make the numbers say what I want them to say. And they don't always do that. Uh, in this case, they do. So I had to, I had to go with it. I don't call it liberal. I call it good work until maybe, you know, midnight tomorrow night goes around. Yeah. But for now, and, and yeah, 9 10. I'm sorry it's a late game. What do you think about us on the East Coast? We get <laughs> nine o'clock games all the time. I think the NCAA final game started at like 20 after nine our time. So I don't want to hear you whining if it starts at nine o'clock, pal. I am a huge supporter of the Brewers on the East Coast or in the Midwest. The uh, the the 10-day road trips out on the West Coast, they get a little long staying up. Now, I will say this. The pitch clock has done wonders for getting those games over quicker, so you're not staying up till 1.30 in the morning anymore. But still, the 11 o'clock, midnight. Anymore? I don't know that I ever did. Well, I, I did. Especially if I were like you, and I have to be behind a radio mic at like 6 a.m., and at least half a cup of coffee in me. Ooh. I, mean, I don't know how you do it. And I don't even use coffee. Well, it's even crazier, but let's wait till you get a little older. You're going to pay for it. Both Dave and I for the Dodgers Mets game will lean to the first five under. And then depending on what you feel comfortable with, do you want to, do you want to lay it with the Mets on the run line or risk it a little bit and take the Mets money line? That's uh those were a couple of our leans there for that game. So that'll kind of do it for our Major League Baseball slate. We'll come back at the end of the podcast, give our official plays that we like. But Dave, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs. Since playoffs are in full swing, we got the uh, play-in games out of the way on Friday, and then the actual playoff game started Saturday, Sunday. We got to see all of the first rounds. I did have a question for you, though, on some of these before we got into the game specifically. It's the series prices, because we touched on those last week on our last podcast and some of the you know series where you might want to maybe take the dogs. I know you took the Knicks and they got a win. And now that plus 165 that you could have gotten for the Knicks to win the series, they're now minus a buck 40. But I was looking at some of them because there was a lot of games where the higher seeds lost. And now you can get plus money on a higher seeded team. Are there any teams out there or situations where you would potentially take the higher seeded team that lost game one because you can get plus money or you can get a lot better odds on them? I think that's a case by case basis, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, if you want to look at the box, for example, you know, I don't know um, how uh, healthy Giannis is. I mean, you probably do because you live in Milwaukee or just outside of Milwaukee. Uh, so it's kind of a case by case basis. You know, there's somebody else that was hurt the other night. I forget. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know if that is a, a, a you know one game thing longer game thing are they going to be back on game two at what what percentage i don't know so that's a case-by-case -case basis but for me i do a lot of those i make a lot of those bets knowing that i i may buy back the other team and you mentioned the knicks and that was exactly 
what I was going to talk about. You know, for anybody that took the Knicks at uh, plus 160 to beat Cleveland, I think I gave that out. You know, I mean, here's the deal. I mean, after the Knicks took game one, the current line's Knicks minus 150 uh, and Cavs plus 130. Now, you know, the idiots are going to go bet the Knicks at minus 150. Oh, my God, here we go. Well, you should have bet them at plus 160. Uh, and what I'm going to do now, I'll go back and bet the Cavs at plus 130. You know, I, I'm I'm going to take the free money and not be greedy. I mean, I'm giving up big time equity um, holding that Knicks ticket. But, you know, stuff does happen in the NBA. Um, and, uh, you know, we see it night after night, um, even with load management in the playoffs. And, you know, do they really want to play or do they really not want to play? So, you know, I'm I'm just going to take my my 30 cents out of my uh, out of my bet instead of trying to get a buck sixty. Um, it's just, it's just a smart way to do it. I mean, it's not sexy. Uh, it's not cool. It's not. I, you know, I have to say, oh shit, I'm one and one. Yeah, but I made money. It's like betting two baseball underdogs. So you know, that's how pro betters grind out a profit. You know, they they don't get the you know the the eight hundred to one parlay odds that you see tickets flashed around on social media. You know, okay, well that was one. You know, those are, think of how many do you lose before that? Or that's really just sort of a marketing thing. I mean, people don't, it's not reality. I, 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 we could do a whole show on that. All right, Dave, real quick here, rapid fire. You like any NBA games out there that uh, play before Thursday? The play before Thursday? No, um, I really don't. And the reason is I'm not really absolutely sure who's playing, what's playing. I mean, you know, you tell me. You got you got games you love. I mean, you know, we we saw how that first round went. Not great uh, for the favorites. So you know, the books are going to overadjust, and and you know, here we go. I mean, it's almost like it's like the zigzag theory in the NBA playoffs. Whatever happened in the first game is not going to happen in the second. And then you know, totals wise, it's the same thing. You know, if it was over and the and the underdog, then the next game I'd almost go back and blindly uh, take the under and the favorite. Um, that's just almost how it seems to go. Yeah, I really didn't have any strong opinions on the current lines with the games, just how we saw it. But I did like that you brought up the zigzag because a lot of those first, you know, games went in the underdog's favor. Maybe you'd want to look to back the favorites in game two. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking is going to happen. I mean, you, you still got to take it case by case. But yes, you, if you don't the other alternative is what they call recency bias and remembering what we saw last you know we assume the knicks are going to win again and you know we, we know what happens there so yeah that you know doing anything but that would be not doing your due diligence and just falling into the yeah why i call it recency bias well dave coming down to the end of the podcast here we might as well put out our official plays for that tuesday mlb slate I think the two games I'm looking at here, I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners in the first five against the Milwaukee Brewers on the run line, minus half a run. And then my second game, I'm going to go with the Braves on the run line, minus the one and a half at plus 125 odds currently. Uh, what are you thinking for this uh, slate? Well, you know, I don't like to be accountable for 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 these picks, uh, being that they're a day and a half ahead of time. Uh, and being that, what I try to do is is teach people how to do it, teach them to fish instead of feeding them fish. Um, but I did tell you when we were rolling through this uh, that um, I would take all my shares that I have in the Green Bay Packers and take the uh, under in the Brewers game. All right. So there's our official picks for 
this podcast, we are going to go with the Seattle Mariners in the first five innings on the run line, minus half a run. We're going to take the Atlanta Braves on the run line, minus one and a half. And then we're going to take the under in the Mets-Dodgers game at eight and a half. Uh, That'll do it for Winner's Take. Let's be sure to make some money this week. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.